You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Great to be with you today. I'm Leanne Dolan in Los Angeles. I'm here at the Wondery Sunset Studios. I'm a writer and producer, and um, yeah, I'm excited. You're excited. Wow, long, Leanne. Of all the things you are, I have run out of steam already. We are forty-five seconds into the show. Take it away, Liz. Take it away. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister, and you know we're not just in Los Angeles. We're in West Hollywood, people. Which means we're going to give you an Oscar report, unlike what you get from most most of your other sources, because we are Hollywood adjacent. Right? Yes, right. Yes, Liz. I actually Is tried that a real term, Liz. <laughs> yes. Hollywood adjacent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Well, I'm Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister. I am uh, far from Hollywood and happy to say that. Okay. I'm in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I'm an empty nester. I've lived and worked abroad. Uh, I have two grown children and five grandchildren. All right. I just have one quick hit I have to throw in here. Like, this is a Satellite Sisters miracle (laughs) that happened. Like, the most unexpected thing happened to me on Sunday. You're going to hear more in a little bit. Like, on Sunday, I was flying home. Uh, from New York. I was there for a couple of days of work, come home Sunday. For the first time, I decide I'm going to attempt the, what they now call LA exit, which is they've moved all of the taxis and uh, ride-sharing cars to a whole new lot. They're no longer allowed in the airport. You have to take a shuttle bus to this lot where it's just this chaotic scene of like lift cars and Uber cars and taxis and th- trying to find their people. And you have to either walk and th- whatever. It's uh, I had sounds delightful. I'm yes. looking forward to visiting LA. Yeah. yeah. So I hadn't really like ginned up the energy to try it, Jewel. I've been just driving myself to the airport lately and parking because, really, who's got the time for all this other nonsense? Anyway, I decided because I was coming in at like noon on a Sunday that I had the time. So I would try the other nonsense and just figure it out. So it's like the train to the plane to the this to the that. I finally get there and like I'm looking at my phone, um, like pressing to call for a car and I hear this voice yelling, Liz Dolan! And I turn around i like, what are the chances of this? Longtime listener Susan Greif is standing right there in Section 2D in the world's most chaotic place at LAX. Susan, who I, we've met several times before at Satellite Sisters events. She lives outside of Washington, D.C., but she was here in L.A. on vacation. She was with her her daughter, who was about to turn 30, who I've met before, so said hi to her. <laughs> I, I, I've never met her husband. Said hi to the husband. We had our brief little catch-up right there in at L.A. exit, and then, boom, my car arrived, and I was out of there. But the chances that That's I actually, crazy. that I actually just, like— it's like when I bumped into Adrian Jackson at the Newark airport about 10 years ago. Remember when that just, happened? This is, I mean, it's in the, you know, in the stars, Liz. Satellite sisters, you know, it's cosmic. Yes, you are good. out there and we love knowing you are out there. And these, yes, these unexpected crossing of paths. Uh, we like it. So, Susan, thank you for yelling my name. I hope you're having a fun time on your vacation in Los Angeles. Okay. That is all. <laughs> that, just, again, you spend so much time in airports yes. that there is a higher probability <laughs> for true. you yes. to meet someone in an airport. Yeah, like, I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a statistician, but I, I think <laughs> I think that's how it works. But anywho. Um, all right. We are going to talk about the Oscars today. Of course, that's the law here. Uh, we have some of our favorite moments. You all know the winners, so we don't need to do no. that. Yeah. But we're going to run through some of our favorite moments. And then we have some suggestions for the Oscar producers on <laughs> how they can when, when when we, say we, show, when we say we, mean, we mean Leon, producer Leon, yeah, has some yeah. notes. Just shape Good. it up a little bit. Uh, shape it up a bit. Julie, uh, you made an unexpected trip this weekend to see a longtime friend of yours, and it had a lot of great benefits. You're going to share. Yes. I, this was a little, it was like a surgical strike more than a, <laughs> like a long visit. But, uh, I, you know, it's really important to visit with your friends, and I'm going to tell you about it. <laughs> 
Right. I also have some health, um, a couple of health stories that struck me from Jane Brody, longtime health writer for the New York Times. She's the best. She is the best. And, you know, she's in her 70s now. She's still rolling, Jane Brody. But it's also very reassuring to read Jane Brody. It is. She's such a good writer. Yeah. So yeah. a friend of mine forwarded me one, and then, I, and then I found another about how optimism and creating a new normal is really important when you're going through a tough health challenge. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that. Julie, you have Tuesday Trends. I do. I we are gonna we are gonna talk about everything from flip phones to shapewear in Tuesday Trends. <laughs> wow. Okay, uh, Liz, you, Liz, you I have a theory about what's happening to the news, sisters. Oh, good. All and, right. And all I can say is thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> Okay. And then we have Entertaining Sisters, and we're going to announce the winner, the first two winners of the Sweeney Sisters contest, people who posted photos of their satellite sisters and misters with correct hashtags. (laughs) Two winners who are going to get advanced copies of my next book, Mm -hmm. The Sweeney Sisters, which comes out in April. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned for those names. And you'll be reminding people what the correct hashtags are. (laughs) Yes. You know I love you, but you got to use the hashtag. is strict, and I would just do what she says okay it's just you can't find the photo yeah that's okay, the entry okay, if you don't put the hashtags that's on the that's concept the thing of the that's the thing i need to search the hashtags <laughs> to get the winners all righty let's talk about the oscars yes. uh driving to the studio today i did attempt to turn down hollywood boulevard still closed in case oh, you're wondering oh, really? so yeah you know that's that is a giant production out there that red carpet takes literally weeks to set up and uh a couple of days to take down mm-hmm. apparently because it's still closed um but other than that, I, you know, the winners, it was a great moment for Parasite. That seems yeah, great. Yeah. I haven't seen the film, so I'm not going to. I'll see I it got now. To, I got in just under the wire. <laughs> I watched it in my hotel room Friday night in New York on my laptop. And I got to say, the most original thing of the year. Okay. So, so okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. If you say so, Liz. Good. It, it was just fun to have a surprise because, yes. like, that show has become so predictable and just I don't know. I, I don't know about all the people squeezed into their dresses. <laughs> but there were a couple of great moments. First of all, mm-hmm. I just thought Regina King was the queen. I mean, mm-hmm. I think she won everything, didn't Absolutely. she? I mean, that dress, that beautiful pink dress. She looks so gorgeous in that. And that she looked gorgeous. And then when she walked out on stage, like, that's a good walk. Because that <laughs> seems like a super long walk. Is that me? Or yeah. it, could yeah. that walk be tightened up? Yeah. Yeah, that walk... <laughs> That dress was amazing. It looked beautiful on her, totally age-appropriate, but, you know, but yet glamorous. Uh, So that was just, she won it. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. That was the best dress of the evening. I was glad that. I love everything about her whole demeanor. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, she has a great vibe. She's a mm-hmm. hardworking actress. She's directing her mm-hmm. first movie, which sounds fantastic. Yes. Uh, being filmed in New Orleans about the night. It's like Malcolm X, Cassius Clay. Who else was in the hotel yeah. room? There were like four incredible figures in, in black history in a hotel room one night. And that's the, her first movie that she's directing. That oh. sounds great. Yeah. Doesn't that sound good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I loved Laura Dern. First, mm-hmm. I mean, Laura Dern is enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a, another hardworking actress. But I love that she thanked her mom and dad from the stage, her heroes. And yes. then there was her mom who looked fantastic. You know, I know. that yeah. was very sweet. Yeah. I just, I, I'm a little over bringing your mom as a date, though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want. You think we can do better? You think they should dates. just bring yeah, whoever s- their latest romance is? Yes. I want to see some yeah. dates as dates. <laughs> like, I think it was cute when Brad Pitt did it the first time. Uh-huh. And, you know, but. So uh, did you enjoy seeing uh, Leo's girlfriend, the 22-year-old? Sure. Yeah, yeah whatever. Okay. Now we know. Yeah. Right? It's out in the open. <laughs> right? How young is she? Oh, super young. <laughs> yes. Oh, super young. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's it. I want to see it. Uh, I think Brad Pitt is now reaching what I would say is iconic levels of handsome. You know, he is reaching the Paul I Newman agree. level. Yeah. Of ju- of it just- is. I mean, I saw him win and that was it. Okay. I was done for the night. Yeah. I turned it off. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, Leanne. It, it is Paul Newman level. Like yeah. someone you just now you have total confidence he's going to age well. Right. He's just going to yes. continue to look as handsome as he looks. Right. Yeah. And then it's like when you see a, an old picture of Paul Newman, it was his birthday a couple weeks ago. So Twitter was flooded with it. I was like, for goodness sakes, has <laughs> there ever been a more handsome man than Paul Newman? I don't think so. And Brad Pitt is up there now. Yeah. I mean, just okay. for a white guy, he's a handsome man. <laughs> I would say that. 
Uh, okay, I, I should have. Diane Ladd is Laura Dern's mom. I should have mentioned her because yes. she herself is an Oscar winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, but I read something interesting about Brad Pitt that you know he's had he's won every award and he's had some good lines and some good speeches. And he said he did work with his friends who are writers on his material. For the speeches. Duh. Yeah. What an excellent idea, Hollywood actors. (laughs) Have someone write your lines. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I would have had Renee. Yeah. I would, yeah. (laughs) I think think that would have been good. But I'm glad that he actually admitted that, too. So that's good. And then Diane Keaton, I mean, so much wool. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I mean, you were were hot for her, weren't you? I was, (laughs) yes. I know. Well, I just have to say, too, like, wool is not a fabric we see in Los Angeles a lot. Yeah. I don't, like, the. it's not even in the stores. It's hard to buy wool here. So it's particularly jarring. I mean, right. she looked great. That's Diana's who she is. She picked her look uh, yep. years ago. Yep. And she is sticking with it, no matter what the occasion. Mm. I mean, that was not occasion appropriate at all. No. But she looked like she just came in out of a blizzard. You know? <laughs> I mean, just so much wool. I don't. I think that's all the wool in L.A. She was wearing it. Don't ever change. Don't ever change. Don't ever change. I like that about her. All right. I kind of enjoyed the fact that no one cared at all that Toy Story 4 won. I don't know. Like, that just came and went. Uh-huh. I understand it was a good movie, but. Yes, it's all the tall Toy Story Toy Story series are very good. So. Thank you, Urban Nana. Yes. Yeah, yeah I've I know. seen them all. I've seen them. It, it just, was a good one. It's, it's just, solid. It continues to be a solid franchise. Even though we've talked about how they keep remaking the same movies. Right. But, I was yeah. going to say, like, it's Toy Story 4. <laughs> so I think there was, I was surprised at one, and then no one seemed to care except um, Bob Iger, who was there. And he seemed to care a lot, the chairman of Disney. So that's good. Mm-hmm. I uh, personally would like to join the outrage that Luke Perry was left off the immemorial thing. How does that happen? I guess he wasn't really a movie star. You know, oh, he was really he was a, a TV, TV star. star. But uh, I'm, yeah. I'm like to join the outrage. Okay, sure. Good. We live Good, in the William. age of outrage. Yeah. You have to jump find, in. Jump you in, have to Lee. find your issue Run to around. be outraged about. <laughs> yeah. So that's as good as any. Yeah, really. Yeah. That's that's a totally good issue to be outraged about. <laughs> and a big shout out to the stars of Peanut Butter Falcon, Shia LaBeouf and Zach Gottsagen, who yes, came out adorable. there. Adorable. That, that was a cute movie. Glad to see him on stage. That was really fun. That was a nice moment. Yes, and, it was. And speaking of false outrage, people who hadn't seen the movie seemed to get mad online at Shia LaBeouf saying he was impatient and laughing. And instead, the two of them have a fantastic relationship. It was actually the opposite yes. of what people were accusing right. poor Shia of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he refused to be a presenter unless he could bring Zach with him. So I, I that totally worked for me. Right. But again, I've seen the movie, so I understood the context right. for what was happening in their relationship there. It was lovely. It was really nice. So uh, good, good job, Shia. And I feel like Shia is... He's going to get his Oscar. You know, he's oh, wow. I, going I, out I, on a limb. He was very good in that movie. I think he's kind of getting on a straight path. He's yes. on a different path now. And yes. I think he's hopefully going to make some more great movies. Yes, I think he he's the next Joaquin Phoenix to get a oh. just to get an opportunity to turn it around. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's there you go. Those well, are my thoughts. Okay, I did a brief list of the best couples at the Oscars from my from my point of view. First of all, okay, so Saturday night, I'm in a hotel room in New York. Uh, I get home from dinner with friends. I'm watching Saturday Night Live. Weekend Update comes on. And, you know, Colin Yost is one of the hosts of Weekend Update. And I'm looking at Colin Yost and thinking, wait a minute. He's ScarJo's boyfriend. Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson's boyfriend. So maybe he's going to be on my flight tomorrow morning. That's what I immediately started thinking. Like, okay, he's working now. Liz, you're always, you're so strategic, Liz. Wow. I really was thinking this through. Like, okay, he finishes. They get off the air at one. They've got the after party. He probably goes home. He's probably already packed, you know, ready to go. Straight straight out to JFK. I was on a 9 a.m. I thought... Wouldn't you be on a nine a.m. if you were uh, if you were Colin? So I was very disappointed. He was not. Oh. He was not on my plane. And then I was like in anticipation of disappointment that 
maybe he's not going to be there to support ScarJo. But of course he was. Sure. So now I'm giving him, he was probably on the 7 a.m., sisters. He probably was even more anxious to support Scarlett Johansson uh, than I thought he should be. So (laughs) ScarJo and Colin, right there, they were good. And then, okay, couple number two. Am I the last person in America to know that Joaquin Phoenix is engaged to Rooney Mara? I had no idea they were a couple. Yes. Okay. A long I time that, couple. Liz. Yeah. Even I knew that. Even so. you knew that? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Again, then I am officially the last person to know. Uh, my next favorite couple who, you know, just just let them host everything. Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig together are just so hilarious. They're I so mean, they're funny. each individually so funny. And they just commit to their material. Yes. You know, that's what's so great about them. And you can tell they are having fun together. And so Maya and Kristen, God love you. Thank you. And then for the people willing to go furthest out on a limb, committing to a concept, shout out to James Corden and Rebel Wilson. Oh, yeah. I know. That was brilliant. That was worth making that horrendous movie just to have those two come out in cat costumes. (laughs) But, you know, I've heard a lot of backlash that people that, you know, that work in the field of technical production, they were uh, they felt like they were being mocked by James Corden and Rebel Wilson. Well, Well, they were. They they were. were, But I mean, come on. But again, it's for the audience. Three hours in. You need cats batting the microphone. And I just kept thinking, they must have been in makeup like they must have walked the red carpet and And then then walked in and like got their cat suits on. And then had to be de-makeuped for the after party. I mean, that is also commitment. That's a commitment. Yeah. So got to love that. Favorite couple. All right. So, well, Liz, just a f- couple of brief things on, like, how they could improve this. Because this was a very low-rated show. So yeah. one of the lowest rated maybe ever. I think a record low. Ever. And yeah. yeah, and it's it's still got twenty almost twenty four million viewers, so it's not like no one watches. Uh, but remember, no one under twenty five watches because they don't have TVs. So that's <laughs> even my son, who deeply cared, was just following along on Twitter. But a uh, couple of things. First of all, they just need a host because introducing introducers and no voice of God, people were just appearing on stage without anyone saying their names or what movie they I were know. from. That's true. It just assumes a lot of, of the audience. There wasn't even a Chiron. So I think that's why people didn't understand, for instance, that Shia LaBeouf and Zach had starred in a movie together because they just walked out on stage. So if you hadn't seen this tiny yeah. indie film, you wouldn't have known. Liz, you said you didn't know who Chrissy Metz was. Well, well it's what just was they, she didn't, doing there? they didn't introduce yeah. her at all. I mean, I knew who she was, but like... What's her like? What's what's the connection here? Oh, well, first of all, I had never heard of that movie, Breakthrough. Yeah, uh, no one that, had. Liz. I know Diane Warren automatically yes. gets nominated every yes. year, so whatever. That was her song this year. Yeah, it was confusing. <laughs> all right, less music, more montages. I'm sorry, there was just too much music. It, there was more music than the Grammys, I think. Without mm-hmm. a host, they've just stuck in a lot more music. It's fine, but I don't think we need seven production numbers if you're trying to tighten up the show. That was really a lot. (laughs) The five nominated songs and like two other production numbers, that was crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But more montages. Like Mm. I think the film montages work. They're very satisfying to see the, you know, how they introduce the best categories and various things. I like that a lot. And I did like the montage about how songs make a movie. Yes. I thought that was really, you know, a little bit of movie history that you don't think about. In every single case, you were like, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Yeah, I the tiger, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Yeah, I had a tiger. Singing along at home. <laughs> and then, I mean, with lack of a, like, a co- they just kept telling the same joke, I felt like, the same story. I mean, this uh, year it was that there hadn't been a, very few black nominees yeah. and no women directors. Not enough diversity. But, like, the, yeah. by the time you're three hours in and people are still talking about it, yeah. I know it's super important, <laughs> but it's just a little... It's like, okay, we got it. Yeah. yeah, Chris Rock got that. Chris Rock and Steve Garten got right that at the out top, of the way. They got so that done. Let's keep moving. So, But don't we say this every year that it goes too long? Yes. And why don't they? I mean, yes. they have. I mean, it's Hollywood. They should know how to produce a show. I think they do this deliberately. I, yeah, and I, I guess think they, if you're anywhere, like if you're not on the West Coast, you just can't tolerate it. You know, right. you got to. 
Yeah, go to bed, it is. It right? is the number one thing about living on the West Coast is that we get the Oscars at five p.m. It's yeah, no, yeah, number one best yeah. thing about the Pacific time zone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jewel, do we have like? Do you have time for your friendship story? We're. Like, I, th- no, I say I we do it at the. About an, uh, let's uh, do after it after the ads. Oh, we're gonna do it after yeah. the break. Yeah. Okay, you ready? We're gonna be ready after the break. Okay, yeah. Jewel, coming back yeah. for it. Okay, uh, we would like to thank a couple of sponsors right now. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in in Bend for a part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh, what, what I'm recommending. Yeah, (laughs) by the way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz. Right. Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is (laughs) (laughs) nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer plus Get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Okay. All right, Jewel, friendship. Let's do it. Okay, we're all back. I mean, just uh, shortly after the show last week, I got an opening happened, a sort of a wrinkle in time. I I had the opportunity to accompany my husband. He had a business trip in Napa Valley. I have a longtime friend. You know, you know, we always say on the show, you can't make new old friends, right? Uh, right? My longtime friend, Sue, lives in Sonoma, pretty close to Napa Valley. I was like, this is my opportunity to see her. We worked it out. I went out there. It was like a surgical strike. I mean, we just had one day together. We did no wine drinking, just a lot of talking, you know, spending time with each other. We became friends like years ago when we were both co-chairs of the school auction. And that was really baptism by fire. I mean, as she said, I saw you cry for the first time, Julie. <laughs> you know, it's I true. I mean, school auctions, they it's make true. you cry. That's it's, it. Okay. Yeah. And we've just have been longtime friends. And even though we, we don't live uh, near each other, we've stayed in touch. And, you know, it's just. It's just a reminder to reach out to your satellite sisters. It's a reminder to make the effort to go see them because it really, you know, it's so satisfying. And I was struck that I saw an article of an, about a new book about the science of friendship by author Lydia Denworth this week. And she's a science journalist. So she interviewed animal biologists and anthropologists and neuroscientists. I mean, I think she should have interviewed us sisters mm-hmm. because... She has the same findings that we do, but I just, um, you know, she said there's the surprising science behind friendship is number one, and I say this every time I talk, Leanne, is friendship is important for happiness and your emotional health, and it leads to physical health improvement, right? right? I mean, that it really is good for your cardiovascular functions, your immune system, like your sleep. If you have an opportunity to like, take a walk with a friend, go for coffee, you know, you feel better. Mm-hmm. And there's so there's a real medical reason why women's friendship is really important, okay? Uh, and that it doesn't matter, like, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. You can do friendship any which way, you know? I mean, there's all kinds of different patterns for that. 
um, the, the, she said in her book that we, why do we become friends? She looked at that issue and obviously shared interests. That makes spe- uh, sense. But sometimes it's just spending time in the same place. Mm-hmm. Liz, this made me think of like, you know, work friends. You mm-hmm. always write and talk about that, mm-hmm. right? That you're yeah, sure. When you're this- in the foxhole with people at work, that is a real bonding experience. So, yeah, yeah. I wrote yeah. about that in our last book. You're the best, a celebration of friendship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, or if you have the same worldview. But these days, I don't think people are asking each other about their worldviews. <laughs> please don't. Afraid, please afraid don't ask. <laughs> I'm wearing a button that says, don't ask me about my worldview. <laughs> okay, so don't do that. But they, they, she also looked at digital communication and that, oh. that she said it is net positive for friendships. That is, you know, but f- nothing replaces face-to-face um, uh, interaction. And you should never... You know, you should never try, you know, you should always try to get the face-to-face one, but it is a net positive. And, you know, I think about that in terms of our satellite sisterhood, you know, that we, I feel like we have made a lot of friends online, you know, people who listen to our, our, our podcast and that who share, you know, share with us their lives and that that's really important to friendship is disclosure. That um, mm. that a, a, a University of Kansas study that if you want to know how long it takes to make a friend, fifty hours you have to be with someone before oh. on average. Oh, and if you want a best friend, that's like a two hundred hour gig that you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> in yeah. addition to having the chemistry and the shared interests yeah. or being in the same place. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like that's what we have at Satellite Sisters. A lot of people have been with us a long time. We've disclosed things on the air. And in turn, they have disclosed things through their email and Facebook posts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. True. Okay. Friendship. We're for it. Yay. Okay. So, okay. Once again, science supports us. <laughs> yes. And it, and you should always make it a priority. Yes. Again, I, I say this every time I talk about a satellite system. But anyway, she didn't interview us. So it's her loss. It's her loss. I'm not going to be her friend. <laughs> okay. I'm going to do just two stories here. Just quickly blast through two stories that I am adding to my list of what I call high distraction factor news. Because here's my theory. I suspect that news organizations now are consciously giving us these kinds of stories as a way of balancing, eh, let's just say, election news, coronavirus, uh, melting polar ice caps, name your disaster, right? right? They're like, and I consume a lot of news, so I appreciate knowing some of those things going on. But then, thank God, there are other stories being featured from major news organizations that remind you, like, Huh, huh, that's fun. And okay, so here was an obvious one. The moment I saw this, I was like, thank you, New York Times. And the headline was, The Joy of Cooking Naked. Now, this this is, okay, the first thing I want to say about this is, there is nothing in this story that is actually news. It's more like somebody (laughs) figured out, it is really fun to talk about nudists. Uh, to To which I say, thank you. Thank you. It is. (laughs) We do need some naked news. And this was so obvious in that it was a Satellite Sisters style story that Carolyn posted it in the Facebook group the moment it came out. She said, please tell me you will be discussing this. Yes, Carolyn, we live to serve. Here we are discussing <laughs> discussing cooking naked. So I have the I have the link in the show notes. But here's what I liked about it: there, you know, because it's the New York Times, uh, they have to provide a few facts. And you know, there are 10 million Americans who identify as nudists or naturists, according to a 2011. That's a lot. That is it, a lot. Yeah, that that surprised me. So 10 million out of what are we, 300 million, something like that? Wow. Yeah, it seems like a lot. But then is there, you know, is that number growing, changing? Like, what's the news? There's no news there. They just want okay. to tell us that. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> they make the point, nudists live all over America. Okay, yeah. Though, understandably, they note, many are concentrated in warm weather locales. Oh. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> Understandable. Thank you. Again, I just, I just enjoy reading that sentence. Uh, then the... <laughs> <laughs> the, the Chicago Tribune, they note, recently ran a feature on the rising popularity of clothing-free getaways, or what they call nacations. Again, oh, that's funny. Oh, yeah. Say, yeah. 
So, I mean, I mean, I know we talked about it on Satellite yeah. Sisters like years ago, yeah. but I don't think the term nication. I don't think nication had been invented I'm sorry yet. I didn't coin that. Yeah, so that's, that's a good news, term. Yeah. right? Right there. <laughs> new, new word, nication. Uh, anyway, so um, there's lots of interesting stuff here, but the sort of bogus headline about cooking naked, there's almost nothing in the story about cooking naked, mm. uh, except for a couple of lines like that you feel freer and more imaginative when you're nude, apparently. Uh, I would be so, I mean, Lee and you and I are cooks, right? right? I mean, you just do not want to be near an open flame, no. right? Come on. It's food safety and personal safety. Yeah. And oh my There's- gosh, gross. Well, I mean, a lot of like the restaurants at these naked resorts, the yeah. the kitchen staff has to be clothed. There are health regulations about yes, that. Yes, thank you. But the, yeah. na- the naturists, when they're home, they can do whatever we want. So uh, so I'll, I'll just direct you to the post in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Many funny comments there already, including Terry, who posted, what a great way to diet. I wouldn't want to eat a single thing made by naked chefs. This kind of sharing is not caring. And then another Terry, spells her name differently, just said, nope, nope, nope. Anyway... <laughs> I enjoy being able to do some naked news because uh, this, this world needs it. 2020 is <laughs> going to be a long year, people, which is yeah. why then the next thing I noticed was this headline. Does your pet really need a cat TV or dog playlist? And so, again, thank you because this is not news no. in any way, but I enjoyed reading it. And then I noticed it is by our Satellite Sisters friend, uh, Laura Holson, oh. who was just on our show a couple of months ago. <laughs> She's doing that creative form, the box sessions that oh, I'm going sure. to at the end of uh-huh. the month. Anyway, she wrote this story. So I actually called the author in the, this yes. case. I'm like, come on. Writing about dog and cat TV, it's not really about dogs and cats. It's really about us, right? <laughs> you were trying to make a subtle point about us. She said, well, yes, of course, Liz. Of course. I'm not really writing about <laughs> cat or dog TV. So I'm just going to highlight, again, link in the show notes. There is a hilarious veterinarian post uh, quoted in this um, in this story about how stupid it is to think that your cat or dog is enjoying listening to the music or, or watching TV. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And so... <laughs> you know, we're going to get a backlash because there are many pet owners that... That provide, you know, audio and visual stimulation I for, know. Their, and for their pet. Again, I'm not judging. I'm just telling you what Dr. Zaidi says. Dr. Nolan Zaidi is a veterinarian in Stanford, Connecticut. I'll close with this, Julie. He says, I know there are people who believe Animal Planet makes their cat or dog feel better. But the animal only wants one thing, the human. The animal is thinking, where is Bob? (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, Laura Holson, because that one just made me laugh out loud. (laughs) He said, you put this stuff on your TV and the cat is looking at a bird feeder uh, on TV. And you know what the cat is thinking? It wants to eat that bird. (laughs) It's not relaxing. (laughs) So thank you. High distraction factor news. I'm grateful. Check. Uh, All right. couple stories this week from Jane Brody, the longtime health writer there at the New York Times. One, a friend of mine sent it to me. She's also going through she's going through breast cancer treatment. So it was particularly relevant to her and to I. But the first one was uh, to her and to me. Uh, The first one was about optimism. So, Julie, it actually dovetails really nicely with what you were talking about friendship and how it can improve your health, because I'm guessing if you have friends and support, you tend to be slightly more optimistic optimistic, and a number of recent long-term studies have linked greater optimism to a lower risk of developing cardiovascular disease and other chronic ailments and to fostering, quote, exceptional longevity. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a category that exceptional longevity is uh, living to be 85 and beyond. So there seems to be a lot of new science about this. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Right. Right. So and it's never too early to learn to foster optimism. Right. From teenagers to people in their 90s all have better outcomes with their health if they're actually optimistic. So biological evidence suggests that optimism can have this direct impact and we should encourage people to be optimistic and encourage them to look positively, which sounds actually kind of hard. Someone who is just going to say, if somebody is like Eeyore, you know, it's hard to get them to go the other way. Right. Or you know what? You don't even have to be Eeyore because I was, you know, diagnosed with colon cancer in the fall and I'm currently cancer free. And people are like, oh, you're so positive. And I would say, yeah, 90% of the time I'm doing okay. And then the other 10% of the time I'm in the toilet. Yeah. And I Mm. have to really think about it. So this was pretty powerful to me when I read this. Like, 
I know that a positive attitude helps. There's a lot of anecdotal evidence, but Mm -hmm. seeing that there's actual hard science behind it. But Julie, to your point, like uh, one of the doctors cited who wrote the study, Dr. Rosansky, said, well, if you're not naturally optimistic, you can use cognitive behavior therapy. That's the time to get into therapy so you can learn to foster a positive attitude. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting message yes. to me, too, because I think we think people are just naturally positive or you're just going to be happy. And no, it's OK. Go to therapy. You can learn to be positive. Right on. OK. I, OK. All so, right. so we're for that. Right. Ther- therapy we're, is good. We're all, we're all for that. OK. And then the second um, article by Jane Brody was called When Life Throws You Curveballs, Embrace the New Normal. And it kind of also dovetails with uh, the optimism and the friends. Because uh, in this piece, Jane Brody writes about a book she had read called Voices of Cancer. uh, And the author, who's got a terrible diagnosis, was talking about finding your new normal. But Jane Brody kind of, you know, takes that and expands it to just aging. That's where I know she's 72. Like, you know what? You can't actually do everything you used to be able to do. But if you have, you know, cancer or some other life-changing ailment or if you're aging— you can accept the new normal and make right. a new wonderful, which I thought was a really powerful phrase because mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure that out for some stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a little bit hard. The other day I went to a restaurant. Restaurants are still very challenging for me because yeah. I have some dietary limitations and it I don't want to be that annoying person that's like, could you leave the goat cheese? Like, <laughs> that is so not me. I just yes, find it no. very. You've been mocking those people for 50 for years. years. And now yeah. I am them. Yeah. So I ordered what I thought. I was like. I'll just take the turkey meatballs. I just This was a giant menu with many choices. I was like, I think I can eat turkey meatballs. And then they came, and they were the spiciest turkey meatballs on oh, the planet no, uh, for no reason. And I'm like, I can't eat the turkey meatballs. So I just ate nothing. <laughs> it, was, it was a great dinner out. And I got really bummed out afterwards. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, that's okay. It's just I just have to figure out, like, the new normal. Turkey mm-hmm. meatballs at that particular restaurant off the list. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you want to be the warrior and fight right. back, you know. Uh, right. But other times you just uh, you have you to just, just want a turkey meatball. Right. right. So this is what Jane Brody's saying in this article is if we just focus more on what is physically, emotionally and socially possible now yeah. instead of ment- lamenting what we once had or we may never be again. Like. Uh-huh. That's just a better way to create your wonderful new normal. I'm right. like, okay, Jane, yes. All right. right. No. But you can't just, like, allow yourself to degrade slowly. That's the, right. That's the pep talk I got from my physical therapist last week. <laughs> you know? <laughs> this is why when they give you exercises to do every day, you need to do them every day. Right. And the, the, particularly the stretching stuff that I've been working on. Because otherwise, she said, you're just going to be one of those, like, super tight, like, stooped over old. You don't want to be that. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Ooh. All right. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. What can you do now and, and try to keep that up and be happy and try to be positive? And if you can't, go to therapy. That's yes. our message today. <laughs> okay. There's okay. an app for that. There's an app for that. And just watch some uh, dog and pet TV. Yes. Yeah. That could cheer you up. It really yeah. does make the people feel better. It has nothing to do with the dogs and cats. <laughs> okay. Okay. I've got some trends for you quickly, sisters, because uh, it's Tuesday. First one, I, I'm, I'm really delighted to hear this. I mean, it's not going to help me because I just bought my first phone in about 10 years, but foldable phones are back. Okay, Galaxy, they have a new flip phone. Remember those flip phones, how nice they are? But I it's loved still, my but razor. But this is a touchscreen flip phone, okay? It costs a fortune, $1,400. <laughs> oh, so my God. Wow. It. But, it's, but it flips. You can close it. <laughs> so no more butt dialing, no more SOS dialing. You know, you just... You, how good would that be? <laughs> we had so a, fun, you, a funny... If you win the lottery, I think you should get yourself <laughs> yeah. a flip phone. Yeah. We had a funny thread emerge about the SOS thing last year, but the woman who, like, mistakenly called the police when she was in the bathroom at Disney World, that really, really made me laugh. I was like, you win. (laughs) You win. Uh, There are a lot of SOS tales out there. I'm glad that we've plugged into that thread. Yes. So there you go. You're right, Julie. Bring back the flip. That's We all need it. Okay, second one. This is, I don't know if this is good news or bad news, but there's a public school district in Lockport, New York, and they have installed facial recognition as part of their campus security so that they can recognize all the students and teachers and staff uh, that have come in. And they're using this to fight crime and as mass shooting preventions. 
But I think it raises uh, like giant questions about privacy or accuracy or racial bias with with this, uh, that it's now in a school district. Mm-hmm. There was a terrifying uh, episode of The Daily, the podcast by The New York Times yesterday about the implications of facial recognition across many, many parts of our lives. So, Julie, I put a link to the story you just mentioned in the show notes, and I also put a link to that episode of The Daily. Facial recognition was one of those terrifying new developments that I was trying not to think about too much. Right. And now I feel like we really need to think about this because there's some... legislation (laughs) that I think needs to happen. Uh, All that technology is only as smart as the people who create it and only as trustworthy as the people who create it. And guess what? Mm, Not so smart, not so trustworthy. I know. I mean, mean, that it is being used by police uh, police forces, but, you know, in a school situation where they're, you know, uploading pictures of your children. I mean, this is... Yeah. This is really, I, as I agree, Liz, that it needs to be a part of a broader discussion that everybody's having about, you know, what are the limits of facial recognition or can we control it? Yeah. You know, if you yeah. listen to that daily podcast, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's all out of the bag. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we right. really have got a huge problem there. Right. Because they were using the example, which I think in the schools you think, well, that seems like a fine idea. Let's make sure we know who's coming in and out of the schools. Yes, right. But it's like, oh, we get that picture of that kid. And then we can find who his parents are through the Facebook posts, and then we can find their address. And now we know exactly where you live. Yeah. Like, right. that's yeah. what they can do in like 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. So, with this facial recognition technology. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, good. Okay, Which it sounds so. like a good idea until the wrong people right. are doing until it. Until the wrong people you know, are doing so, it. Oh, we're only selling it to law enforcement. Well, is everyone in law enforcement 100% like on board with privacy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't I really don't know. know. It's worth talking okay. about. <laughs> it's worth talking about. All right, third topic, maybe not worth talking about, but certainly the New York <laughs> Times gave it a giant write-up in the style section, and that is about Kim Kardashian and her new line of shapewear that is now called Skims. Now, mm-hmm. there are two big points. You don't need to read the article. I'll just tell you the two major <laughs> points for you. Uh, one I believe and one I don't. The first one is, Liz, that... Kim Kardashian wants this to be a billion-dollar company. Mm. That's her starting aspiration. Mm. Do you think that's wise? Well, I think that's a little bit of uh, sister competition because isn't Kylie Jenner's company already worth a billion bucks? Yes, yes, yes. she doesn't. Uh, yes. so, so Kim does not have a billion-dollar company. Yeah, and, uh, she, apparently she wants one. Sure, okay. go for it. Crush that. Okay, little so sister. that point, I believe that that's really what she's aiming at. Second point, Leon, I do not believe because here's the thing: she is making the claim that her shapewear is the new loungewear that women are going to wear her shapewear as loungewear. They come home from work and they put this on, you know, because it's so darn comfortable. I, I eat shapewear by the end of the day when I, I eat it. What did I say? <laughs> I When I wear it, by the end of the day, I take it off and, like, my muscles are cramping. Like, find it comfortable at all isn't it's a that big the whole point girdle yes <laughs> yeah yeah i said that's i don't believe this okay i just do not believe that that i'm going to be lounging around in shapewear yeah, uh, i would think also happen. the the loungewear isn't it by definition loosely fitting <laughs> isn't that what we're really, really going for during the lounging portion of our day or night so the idea that i went well, super tightly not. fitting loungewear Okay, no, okay. wrong. Kim yeah. just says it. This she has picked out some fabric that is just going to win the day. So that's what I say. I don't know. It's a trend. Okay, it's it's you well, know all over the place now. Uh, I check think it it's, out. I think it's pretty certain that every time the Satellite Sisters have said anything about any of the Kardashians, we have been 100% wrong <laughs> with, what, with what the outcome of what their business enterprises or entertainment enterprises would be. So I don't know, Jewel. I think... I know why we believe what we believe, but mm, evidence shows. Right. That, right. We, okay. That, that they have multiple billion dollar businesses and we got a podcast. <laughs> Okie doke. But we believe in friendship. <laughs> we do believe in friendship. All right. Uh, we're the Satellite Sisters. When we come back, I'm going to announce the winner of this week's uh, Sweeney Sisters contest giveaway, book giveaway. Yay. So stay tuned for that. And we have entertaining sisters. 
But first, we want to thank a couple of sponsors. We really want to thank you, too, for supporting our sponsors. It is what makes this all possible. Or else we'll be selling shapewear. (laughs) What do you want? Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the Framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds you like- you're going to be happy, okay? <laughs> That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. All right, we are back. Uh, Okay, exciting. We're running a contest for the next month through the first week in March Mm -hmm. to give away a few copies of my new book, The Sweeney Sisters which is coming out at the end of April. But a few lucky Satellite Sisters will get uh, advanced reader copies. And I am excited to announce the two winners this week are Kathy Keene Potter. She won from the Facebook group. She posted a great photo of she and her Satellite Sisters on Cumberland Island and Amelia Island. Those are two beautiful places with beautiful beaches. It's a random drawing, but Kathy, congratulations. I will be contacting you, getting your address, and we'll get you a copy of the Sweeney Sisters. Great. And then on Instagram, our winner was Lynn. Her handle is Sunflower Mom, and she posted a great photo of her Mahjong group. Oh. So, again, it's a random drawing, but I loved – I play Mahjong, right? (laughs) I think you'll see that I thank my Mahjong group in the acknowledgments of the book. So, Lynn, I'm glad that you won. Mahjong, Lynn. And I will get your address. If you want to be entered to win, if you've already posted – a photo. Don't worry, that will roll over to next week's. You can post another one if you want, but you need to use the two hashtags. The two hashtags are hashtag the Sweeney Sisters and hashtag Sat Sisters. You can post it either in our Facebook group, and if you're not a member there, please join. We're welcoming new members every day. It's exciting to see uh, where you're from and and why you're joining the group. We appreciate that. Or on Instagram. Uh, we're not going to make you follow the Satellite Sisters or Lee and Dolan on Instagram. It's not a terrible idea. <laughs> at Sat Sisters or at Lee and Dolan. We can't make you do anything. Nope. But we would like to give you an advanced reader copy of the Sweeney Sisters. But congratulations to Kathy and Lynn. Uh, we'll be announcing another winner in a couple of weeks. Two more winners in a couple of weeks. All right. Entertaining I just love sister. all the pictures. It's okay. so hey, fun. Yeah, it's super I, fun. I, I have a special edition of Entertaining Sisters. I have two uh, recommendations, and they're sister-related. So the first one is a brand-new show on HGTV. It's called The Unsellable House. And I don't know if you've caught it yet. No. But this is is our twin sisters, Leslie Davis and Lindsay Lamb, and they live in Seattle. And um, on this show, it's always sunny in Seattle, Liz. I don't know how that happens. You lived in the Northwest (laughs) for a long time. How do they do that? (laughs) It's never raining in this show, but these two are real estate consultants and here's what they do. uh, This is based on a British show. They help desperate home sellers to make impactful renovations that will help them sell their homes. So, you know, your house has been sitting languishing on the market. 
they come in, these two cheery sisters, okay, they invest in your house. Like they're going to spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 and, you know, fix up the house. They're going to put up subway tile, hang up some baskets, I don't know, paint an accent wall. But they just make these desperate home, home homeowners that, you know, are like without hope because they're, you know, because they're never going to sell their house unless these two twin sisters show up. And it's really kind of very optimistically and and very encouraging. You love the two sisters. They have great rapport with each other. They're totally cute. And um, I think it's a winner show. And I want to recommend it. Okay, Jewel. Good recommendation. I'm checking it out now. Okay. So it's, yeah, it just, and it does such an excellent job of capturing the emotion of the quiet desperation of not being able to sell your house. Yeah. (laughs) And these two come in. And they'll be your friends. So that's yeah. nice. Okay, so that's that's my first sister recommendation. The second recommendation I have, now you have to be in the mood for a gritty crime family drama novel, okay? And the name of this book is called The Long Bright River by Liz Moore. And this is the story of two sisters and the opioid epidemic that's ripping through a working class neighborhood in Northeast Philadelphia. Okay. So it is a great description. I mean, she really sets the scene so well. You really feel like you're in this neighborhood that is just falling apart. Okay. And it's the story of two sisters, Mickey Fitzpatrick. She's the patrol officer. So one sister's a police officer. The other sister is a drug addict and a prostitute. But it's a very suspenseful story with plenty of twists and turns. And it's part family drama. And it's really the relationship between these two sisters that sort of propels the story forward. That's why I was interested in the book, because I wanted to see what happened with these two sisters and it goes back and forth between present tense and you know what they how they grew up and you begin to understand the backstory of their family but i would recommend it long bright river okay, okay. julie right. that looks like a good recommendation i hadn't really read anything about that okay good gritty cr- crime novel okay. but you got to be in a mood for that okay cuz that's what it's about it's 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 a serious business All right Okay, I have a recommendation. This is a play that it's on a national tour right now that I just saw in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago. It is called What the Constitution Means to Me. Now, you may have heard about this because it was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize last year, and it had a really successful uh, off-Broadway and Broadway run in New York. So it's a play written by the playwright Heidi Schreck, And her story, it's a really great structure for a play because this is her true life story of she won all of her college tuition money by giving speeches on the majesty of the Constitution in contests that are organized all over the country by the American Legion. So she grew up in the state of Washington, but she would travel and compete in all these debates about what makes the Constitution so great. Wow. And so when she was 15, and so that's how she financed college, but also uh, as a result... She knows quite a bit about the Constitution. Oh, okay. And it's all, it seems like there's a lot of news out there about like high school debate clubs now and how they work. And so the structure of it is really interesting. And that part of it is really fun because she has what their review kind of described as a goofy earnestness, mm-hmm. um, which is which is very charming. And on Broadway, Heidi Schreck played the role of Heidi Schreck herself. In the national touring show, the one that I saw, the actress's name is Maria Dizia. And she was amazing. Great. I, you know, I knew that the writer was no longer starring in. I thought, I wonder how this will be. It was great. Anyway, so that's this. That's the beginning of it. That's the concept of it. But then it gets very serious in the middle because it really becomes a discussion by the adult person uh, about women's rights under the Constitution, time when they have been upheld and times when they have not been upheld. So it gets into a deep, thoughtful, emotional discussion of uh, voting rights, reproductive rights, right to privacy, all of that as the adult actress playing, you know, who had been the the 15-year-old sort of gets into that. And then it sort of whips back around at the end. And at the very end, this was like so charming and interesting. She brings out an actual 15-year-old 
who is actually in a debating club, like in different cities, they'll have kids, young women from that city. So a young 15-year-old comes out and debates her on whether or not we should keep our constitution or get a new one. Oh, <laughs> and it's, oh it's, that's interesting. It's kind of impossible to explain. Okay. But it's but these are these are real young women uh who come out and uh they're just incredibly impressive. The woman who was in like the the night I was in the LA audience, she it was just great. And so it's it's a super unusual play. It covers a lot. It is for adults, you know, it this is not a you know, like, don't bring your eight-year-old necessarily because it gets into some really deep issues, particularly in the middle about violence against women and mm-hmm. all of that. But it's just wrapped in this package that I found really um, just inspirational. And then at the very end, and I'm handing this to Lee and Julie, I have one for you. At the very end, they give you a copy of the Constitution of the United States to take home. So oh, here you go, Lian, your pocket excellent. copy. Thank you. Pocket copy good. of the Constitution. All right, send it off, Liz. I, I will, I will yep. put it in my purse. Yep. It's good to have. So the name of the play is What the Constitution Means to Me, and it's touring now. So check out if it comes to your city. I'm looking at the touring information. Uh, Chicago, Illinois will be next, Charlotte, North Carolina, and then um, La Jolla, the La Jolla Playhouse. Those are the dates through September. Yeah, I mean, she was sort of an unexpected Tony nominee. Yes, yeah. And uh, because it's an unusual play. And I heard her interviewed by Katie Couric a couple weeks ago. Katie has the new podcast, Next Question, right? Which is really good. Which is really good. And she did an episode on the ERA, Mm -hmm. which I would... I listened to that. Encourage everyone to listen to. But in, in the middle of that show is a, is an interview mm-hmm. with Heidi, uh, with the playwright. So, anywho. Uh, so, there's a, that's a double double dip <laughs> recommendation there. You Katie, got your woo. Katie Couric and you got your Broadway touring show. You can do both. Right. Uh, all right. Fight Camp? Do you want to oh, talk Fight about Camp. that? Okay. Just a quick update. I announced Fight Camp last week, just to be clear, just to reinforce. So, my friend Vashar and I decided that we would... Uh, we would be spend the next two months really focused on strength training because she is a boxer and works out at a real boxing gym. And she has a guy that she spars with who actually has a big bout at the end of March. So she said in solidarity with him, she was going to just do two days a week of strength training. And did I want to get in on that? So I thought, yeah. I'll get in on that. She has a very different physique than I do. So I mentioned that we probably just couldn't both do exactly the same thing. So this is so this week on Thursday, we are meeting with our strength trainer for the first time. We're not hiring a trainer for the whole two months. We're too cheap for that. It's more like she's going to put together, Jeannie is going to put together our plan that we can stick with for the two months and then forever, as we were saying in the aging well portion of today's discussion. Uh The point is to find things. Things that you can do for your body that will keep it healthy and limber and strong and flexible forever. So anyway, so Fight Camp started last week, but we really didn't do anything last week. This week, Fight Camp really starts. You sound very enthusiastic, Liz. So just keep up that enthusiasm, the optimism. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel like we're getting it. real-time updates on Fight yeah, Camp. Yeah, I, I know. Okay, Liz. <laughs> and I, again, I want to be clear. Fight Camp is not Fight Club. This is fight camp just means focusing on your strength. That's what we're doing. Fight camp. All right. We would like to thank our engineer, Sergio Enriquez. Thank you, Sergio, uh, for making us sound great every, every week. We'd also like to thank our sponsors for this week's episode. Thank you for supporting Women's Voices, and thank you for enabling uh, us to produce this show. We appreciate it. All right. How about a to-do list? Anyone? Anyone got something? Jewel, what do you got? Valentine's Day, Leon. I'm spreading the love this year. Just <laughs> going to get a lot of cards, hand them out to everyone I know. Okay? That's it. That's my big plan. It's a good idea. I like it. I know. Spread I like the it. love. Liz, what's happening there? Well, this afternoon I have to go to the decision desk, Leon. And the big decision being made at the decision desk is, what do I do tonight? Do I go to a meditation class? Mm-hmm. Which I've kind of trying to be getting into the habit of doing on Tuesday nights. Nice. Or do I watch the New Hampshire results? Okay. <laughs> Oh, Liz, meditation. Okay, meditation. It's a tough one on the decision. Yourself, Liz. I know. Okay. I know. You're right. You're right. But whatever. So that's my decision. All right. The decision desk has to make the call by about four o'clock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, this weekend I'm doing my first event, my first official event for the Sweeney Sisters. I'm okay. doing all right, Lynn. Exciting! I know it is really exciting. I feel like I have to start slow, like get my panel and my like public speaking feet back under under me because I've really been you know stashed away for about eighteen months working on this book and other things. So I'm looking forward to the book club girls afternoon out in Mission Viejo. California. I'm excited that there'll be quite a few satellite sisters there. And my That's great. Yeah, and my friend Kara will be there with her my college friend Kara with her her book club. It's a completely sold out event. So that's good. Uh, I'm on the first panel, which is good because that's that means I could just do what I do and then I can enjoy the rest nice of the It'll be nice and event. fresh. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, we're moving around the authors. They have us moving around from table to table. It's, you know, a whole afternoon event. There's food, there's free books and everything. So I'm looking forward to that and I'll get to meet five other authors, which is exciting. So that's this weekend. And I mention it because next week we're off. Right. Satellite That's, Sisters mm-hmm. taking a little mm-hmm. president's, president's weekend. We're, we're going to read the Constitution. <laughs> we That's are. what we're going to be doing next week. So mm-hmm. we will be dropping into our feed, the Book Club Girl podcast. This They have a new podcast where they interview great authors, uh, especially if you're looking for book club picks. Maybe your book has your book club has picked these authors because they're very popular. So you'll be hearing um, their episode interviewing author Jean Kwok. Uh, she wrote oh. Searching for Sylvie Lee, which has been a New York yes. Times bestseller mm-hmm. and a Jenna's book club pick, and it's out in paperback now. Uh, so this is a really fun podcast because it is like being in a book club. It doesn't give away spoilers for the books, but they do a great discussion, and then they do an interview with the author, and then you get to hear a bit of the audiobook. Oh, so we're no. dropping that into our feed next week. I'm going to be on that podcast in a few months, so, oh, so just subscribe now so you don't <laughs> miss it. But uh, well, so next week no satellite sisters but you are getting the book club girl podcast so that's what's happening that's what's happening that's a lot (laughs) it's a lot it's happening liz it's starting to happen i know every day i'm doing something for the book launch now which is exciting but you're uh, not doing any naked cooking. That's not happening. No. Not doing None any- of the three of us are doing any naked no, cooking? There no, no naked cooking. Okay. No. And, d- uh, no, and I'm not lounging in shapewear yeah. either. Uh-uh. <laughs> I do have a couple of events that I, I want to post and announce. But, of course, you know, I redid my website. Yes. And then... Um, then I got the one-hour WordPress lesson on how to add events and stuff because mm-hmm. the back end's a little bit more sophisticated than we were used to. Yeah. And then I promptly forgot everything I was taught. So, <laughs> so the one hour was not enough? I went to add events this week. I'm like, I'm going to mess up this entire website. I, I can't remember one thing that Kate, the webmaster, told me. <laughs> so next week I'm going to tackle it and you'll see some dates are starting to drop in place for the book tour. So but that's, that's inspirational because you've said we all need to like tackle tech yes. and we are constantly learning our own yes. technology yes. here at Satellite Sisters. So good for you. Liz. Yes. So I'm going to figure as long it as out. you don't take the whole thing down. I just don't want to take the whole thing down. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, hey. And don't take us with you. I know. Okay. <laughs> hey, Kate, could you... Send me a step-by-step on how to add that to, like, go back to her and admit that I just forgot everything you taught me last week. So (laughs) she did it. She sent me a step-by-step. Next week, we're going to be gold. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Uh, Hey, sisters, have a great week. You too, Liam. You too, Liam. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.